You're listening to Criterion Channel Surfing, a podcast dedicated to the films of the Criterion Collection streaming video service, The Criterion Channel. I'm your host, Josh Hornbeck. Friend of the show, Michael Hutchins, joins me today to discuss July's new releases and expiring titles. Stay with us as we start surfing the Criterion Channel. If you enjoy Criterion Channel Surfing, check out The Complete Podcast, hosted by Matthew Gasteyer and Travis Trudell, covering the filmographies of the world's most renowned directors one season at a time. The Complete is dedicated to taking chronological journeys through the most rewarding filmographies in cinema. Each season covers one director, with each episode focusing on one feature film from their catalog. The first season was dedicated to Stanley Kubrick, the second season covered Elaine May, and the third season was focused on Krzysztof Kieślowski. The current fourth season is dedicated to the films of Satoshi Kon, the director of such notable Japanese animated films as Perfect Blue, Millennium Actress, and Paprika. Find The Complete Podcast at thecompletepod.blueberry.net. Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com. My guest today is friend of the show, Michael Hutchins. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show today to talk about July's new and expiring titles. Oh, thank you for having me, Josh. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to get to talk to you. Uh, yeah, how have you been? What's going on in your world? Been pretty good. You know, just just a few few, few hiccups here and there, but nah, everything is going great. Well, that's fantastic. That's great. Yeah, you know, I feel like it's always good to check in just a little bit on, uh, you know, you are our resident statistician. I'm throwing this at you a little bit, and I know you don't have um, the stats up, but you were mentioning uh, in our Patreon uh, pre-show just how many new titles were added to the collection this month. Would you mind just talking a little bit about how much new content came on? Yeah, we, we had 100 new films added this month. Well, uh, according to the official list, 100, but they they snuck in three short films, which weren't on the list. So, uh, But I but I saw your list of, of titles, and you did include them. So that's 103 new films on the channel, uh, and only 70, 70 left. So on the average, if we're getting uh, about 30 films more each month than leaving, that means that we're still getting this continual growth. We're at, right now, we're over 2,500 films on the channel. And just just a year ago, it was uh, only around nineteen hundred, two thousand. So yeah, wow. so within the last year, it's 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 been growing pretty pretty much. That's crazy. And is a hundred new films is that pretty standard for a month, or is that well, only within the last? Normal? Yes, within the last uh, uh, say six months or so, the average has been around a hundred films. So yeah. In the last six months, the, uh, we, the average has been, uh, let's see, they've added 719 films in seven months. Wow. And that would be uh, 102 films e- uh, each, on the average, 102 films for the month, wow. for each month. And uh, the average leaving for the last six months was seven months is 71 films. Okay. So that, that goes back to each month, uh, we're, we're increasing at least by 30 films each month. That's astonishing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's dive into those 103 films. All and, right. Uh, let's, let's look at uh, what we're getting this month because it is, it's a lot. And uh, uh, we're only going to be able to skim the surface, but let's, let's look at what is here. We are getting Art House Animation. With mm-hmm. Journey to the Beginning of Time, Invention for Destruction, The Fabulous Baron Munchausen, Belladonna of Sadness, Janos Weitz, Fantastic Planet, Watership Down, Son of White Mare, The Plague Dogs, Alice, Faust, Millennium Actress, Mind Game, Paprika, Persepolis, Waltz with Bashir, A Town Called Panic, Marion Max, Chico and Rita, The Rabbi's Cat, Alos Nibel, 
Tatsumi, the king of pigs, it's such a beautiful day, consuming spirits, Aya of Yop City, rocks in my pockets, the wanted 18, the girl without hands, tower, the wolf house, and number seven, Cherry Lane. Oh, it's just, it's a, that's a, an incredible bundle. Um, I mean, it's, it's huge. Well, it's going back to uh, people speaking in the past about how there's so little animation on the channel. Yes. So they just throw us, throwing us, you know, this all at once. So it's amazing. I know. It is. It is. Uh, we're also getting uh, Neo Noir with Cotton Comes to Harlem, Across 110th Street, The Long Goodbye, Chinatown, Night Moves, Farewell My Lovely, The Killing of a Chinese Bookie, The American Friend, The Big Sleep, Eyes of Laura Mars, The Onion Field, Body Heat, Blowout, Cutter's Way, Blood Simple, Body Double, The Hit, Trouble in Mind, Manhunter, Mona Lisa, The Bedroom Window, Homicide, Swoon, Suture, The Last Seduction, and Brick. We're getting the digital version of the World of Wong Kar Wai with the features as Tears Gone By, Days of Being Wild, Chung King Express, Fallen Angels, Happy Together, In the Mood for Love, and 2046. And it also will include the short films that are on that set as well. We're getting Paul Mooney, an actor among the stars, with Scarface, I Am a Fugitive from a Chain Gang, Black Fury, The Story of Louis Pasteur, The Life of Emile Zola, Commando Strike at Dawn, A Song to Remember, and The Last Angry Man. We're getting Criterion editions of Being There, Slacker, Hoop Dreams, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, A Room with a View, A Fellow, and Anatomy of a Murder. We're getting the exclusive streaming premieres of Number 7, Cherry Lane, Preparations to Be Together for an Unknown Period of Time, and You Will Die at 20. We're getting the Criterion original production of Observations on Film Art, Number 43, Flash Cuts and Long Takes in Le Bonheur. We're getting three by Manny Ratnam with Nyakon, Bombay, and... Kanathil Muthamatil, or A Peck on the Cheek. For the Women Filmmakers section, we're getting Clock Watchers, Beyond the Visible, Hilma of Clint, and The Grand Bazaar. For the True Stories section, we're getting A Bigger Splash, A Day on the Grand Canal with the Emperor of China, Andrei Tarkovsky, A Cinema Prayer, The Black Power Mixtape, 1967 to 1975, American Movie, two films by Nicholas Grelter with Homo Sapiens and Earth. We're getting the double feature of film and not film. And then we're getting a bundle in this True Story set, Postcards from the Future, four films by Chris Marker with Sunday in Peking, Letter from Siberia, La Jete, and Sans Soleil. We're getting Sunday matinees of Ernest and Celestine, our Vines Have Tender Grapes, The Painting, Mr. Hobbs Takes a Vacation, and Nocturna. We're getting double features of Thelma and Louise and The Living End, Living in Oblivion and Delirious, Knock on Any Door and Anatomy of a Murder, The Incident and The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, Too Late for Tears and The Last Seduction. Under the short film programs, we're getting the short plus features of Practice and Sans Soleil, this Magnificent Cake and La Ronde, and The Backseat and Thank You and Good Night. And in the Olympic shorts, or this was the one that uh, you mentioned was uh, not originally part of the uh, announcement, we're getting The Swimmer, The Odyssey, What If, and A Running Jump. We're getting a new addition to the 30 Years of the Film Foundation bundle with Drums Along the Mohawk. We're getting a new addition to the Carol Lombard bundle with 20th Century. And we're getting a new addition to the starring Judy Holiday bundle with Born Yesterday. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is a lot. Uh, yes. and, and a lot of them are, are concentrated. As I was looking through and, and looking for my recommendations and the things I'm excited for, 
I was realizing, you know, it's it's not like some months where we're getting a ton of different bundles, but we have so much concentrated in that art house animation and the neo noir bundle. Well, yeah, that it's thirty two films in that really, one bundle. Really yeah, overwhelming. Yeah, it's wow. it's pretty incredible, right? Yeah, it yeah it, it's uh, amazing how they're they what, able to to get all this. Yeah, yeah. I mean the 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 amount of work that they had to do i'm sure to work with all the different rights holders i mean it's it's pretty incredible right yes it is yes um what are some of your first thoughts just um as we look over this list and and think about this what are some of the first things that that come to mind before we get into our recommendations well i think as i interjected when you was reading off the list was that they're answering a lot of people's concerns about different uh, genres of film uh in different areas where uh, they've not really uh, had much of a presence in the past. Yeah. In this case, like the animation film and neo-noir. I know they've dealt with mm -hmm. Japanese noir. They've done a Western noir. And they did yeah. the original uh, the film noir from the from the 40s and 50s. But, yeah, I, I, I can see that. And, and then, of course, we're getting the... Uh, the digital presentation of the the big box set from earlier this year that was released uh, in the collection from Wong uh, Kar Wai, but other yeah. than that, and then and then you've got you know like the classic Hollywood films with Paul Muni, and mm -hmm. it's it's amazing. Out of that bundle, I've only seen only one film, so that mm. that just shows. And here's an actor I've heard of, and I've never really much uh, have seen much any of his films, and I think he's won even a couple of Oscars. Maybe yeah. he's nominated several times. But it's extraordinary, uh, uh, the few I've seen since they've announced it and since they've uploaded them, how much I've enjoyed these these films that, that I never knew much about. But yeah, yeah. The, uh, they're, they're really touching on a lot of bases this month. I, I'm also consistently impressed by how much they're really leaning into documentary each month. Just as I go through, you know, since they have reorganized the the way they do their announcements mm -hmm. by doing it based on the bundle and the section rather than the date. Uh, I think it's highlighting some really interesting things. And by creating this true story section and really grouping all their documentary work together, they are really, really leaning into documentary more and more each month, which I think is really fascinating as well. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, I'm not sure about most of the apps that we're, our listeners are are watching the channel through, but through my app, uh, they've created all of these new categories on the front page. Mm -hmm. I use the Roku, and yeah. uh, True Stories is one of them, and that's where you go if you're looking for documentaries. You don't even have to even go to the all films list and and try to try to filter. They're yeah. they're pretty much there. So that's it's 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 good that they're able to. Uh, present these in a way that people can find them a lot easier in this case on the front page of, of, the, of the app. Yeah, that's pretty great. Well, you know, with all that content, with those 103 films, as we t discussed, uh, let's, let's dig in and let's give people a few, uh, a few titles to help them navigate the, the deluge of titles that, uh, that are making their appearance this month. Or, or being highlighted this month as well. Uh, so what would you recommend people catch and what are you excited to catch? I was, uh, I kind of cheated whenever you asked me about to, to come up with some titles. In this case, I thought I'd do two pairs. So instead of giving two films, I'm got, I've got four for you. Uh, uh, the first <laughs> pair is from the Art House Animation Film and, and they're, it's, it's easy to put them together because they're both the films by Satoshi Kon, mm -hmm. the Japanese uh, animator. Who sadly, you know, passed away when he was in his 40s. These are just two of the two amazing films. If if you're into anime, if you're into manga, and it's uh, Millennium Actress from 2001, and it's basically a tribute to uh, Japanese cinema of the 20th century. Yeah, I, I like to think of it almost like uh, an animated version of Citizen Kane, in that the way the story is structured, in that uh, you have a group of reporters, uh, tele a television journalist who is uh, trying to seek out uh, a reclusive actress, someone who no one has seen in years. And so he's, he's trying to get her story. He does locate her. And so there's these flashbacks that, that presents her story, but they're not, and, and like Kane, it's not told consecutively, but you get to know mm -hmm. her story. But by knowing her story, you also know the story of Japanese cinema because she was there at the beginning whenever they were making films and even before World War 
to and then uh, and then slowly uh, kind of fading away after World War Two. My understanding is he based his character on two famous Japanese actresses, and that was our favorite Setsuko Hara and um, mm-hmm. Hideko Takamine. So uh, I, I highly recommend that. And the other one is Paprika, which is uh, his last feature-length animated film. That came out in 2006. And I think any fan of science fiction, especially the work of like Philip K. Dick, who always would write about what's real and what isn't in this case, in this film, uh, uh, he creates a world of virtual reality in which a, a, a scientist, what well, she's a scientist and a psychiatrist who uses this new invention to try to go into the minds of her patients. And by doing that, she's creating this virtual reality for them to work out their problems but what she doesn't realize is this this character she created, this character named Paprika, has has a mind of its own. So uh, and that's, that's where it, it takes off from there. But I recommend those two films from him. And the other yeah. two films are uh, new to this film, but they're adding they're being added to two bundles that that came in uh, last month. The first is on the um, the Carol Lombard bundle. That's 20th Century, a film from 1934, pre-code. Uh, directed by the great Howard Hawks. Uh, this is the film that practically invented screwball comedy, at least mm. in my book. It was it, it's seminal. You know, it just everything about it what seems to to led to to the next 10, 20 years of screwball comedies, starring Carol Lombard and um, John Barry, Barrymore, who was twice her age. And on book on the pa- on paper, you would not think that would work. That was strange casting. But my goodness, when you see it, when you actually see it on screen, it really works. And um, he's almost like a a mentor, Svengali type type uh, mm. stage director, and he kind of takes control of her life. It's it was a film that made Carol Lombard into a star. She was only twenty five years old at the time, and uh, and it was written by Ben Hecht and Charles mm-hmm. MacArthur, who wrote uh, they wrote the stage play for the front page, which later yeah. on that went on to to write His Girl Friday. Uh, ben Heck wrote Notorious. He worked a lot with, I mean, he's just one, one of these uh, behind the scenes writers where he would, he would, they bring him in to, uh, to ghost write or to, to, you know, to kick up some of the screenplays where he never got credited for. Um, and, and the other film that was, pre- that was new this, this month is Born Yesterday. It's a film by George Cukor uh, starring Judy Holliday. It's just was added to her bundle. And this is the this is the film that made her into a star. In fact, it was her first mm. first starring role. Uh, she had played the part on Broadway on the stage play that was written by uh, Garson Kanan. And um, it's almost like a Pygmalion, My Fair Lady type mm. of type of story, where uh, you you see this this young woman uh, kind of grow on her own and can try and and find herself in this world dominated by men. But uh, Judy Holliday's story is a pretty sad story, too, when you consider she was so young when she passed away as well. Mm. But after after Born uh, Yesterday, she, she went on to make a series of six films in the next 10 years. Most of the best ones were directed by George Cukor, and all of, the, every six, all of these six films are on the channel right now. So I suggest that you watch, it, watch them consecutively, starting with Born Yesterday and going all the way through Bells Are Ringing. Uh, I'm not saying that the films get better as they get along. I think her earlier films are better when she's working with George Cukor, who really knew her strengths and how to use her. But it seemed like later on that they were playing on this character that she created, and it seemed like there's a lot of um, reputation, uh, repetition as far as uh, her characterization in, in the mm-hmm. later films. But the early films with George Cukor are very good, and I recommend those. I do want to echo your recommendation on the Satoshi Kon films. I think those are two really... Well, I haven't seen Pabriki yet, so that's one I do need to catch. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, Millennium Actress especially is just outstanding. And uh, if people haven't heard it yet, uh, our friend uh, of the show, Matt Gasteyer, and his show, The Complete Podcast, they have been doing a, a complete Satoshi Kon season right now. And so uh, for anyone that has not uh, listened to that, I highly recommend taking the dive into to that. They just finished their episode on Paprika recently, and uh, they uh, are going to be doing a wrap-up episode soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, listening to that actually uh, made me... Uh, go out and pick up all of Cone's films, uh, mm-hmm. which I had seen most of them already, but 
the it was it was really uh, it's a really great set of conversations and uh, uh, reignited my interest in digging back into the films that I had seen and catching the films that I hadn't seen. So uh, it's great to get two of his works on the channel. Yeah, a second that recommendation for for Matt's uh, podcast. It's it's uh, a great series. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to recommend, uh, this isn't in the Art House Animation Bundle, even though I think it could be, uh, but this is in the Saturday matinees. Uh, Ernest and Celestine is just a really lovely and charming, uh, delightful little family film. Uh, I watched it last year and uh, was really charmed by it. And uh, I think this is a, a great film for... Uh, for all ages, uh, I think uh, this is one that you can definitely sit down with your kids and watch. It's it's incredibly sweet. It is, uh, and yet it isn't uh, saccharine. It isn't. Uh, there's a playfulness to it. The animation is stunning. Uh, I'm really glad that Criterion. It sounds like it has both the French language and the English tracks. Uh, most of the versions that we have stateside only have the English language track. And so uh, it's really exciting to be able to get the original uh, French language voice cast as well. Even though I think the the, the English voice cast is, is great. I think they do a really good job with the material. But um, it's always nice to get these um, get the original voice cast as well. Um, mm-hmm. in these these animated uh, films so uh i i would highly recommend this uh it's a really delightful uh story of friendship between a mouse and a bear uh <laughs> and uh about the society uh the, the mouse society and the bear society that don't want uh friendships between bears and mice to uh continue so yeah it's, it's uh, a lovely film i, I yeah. enjoyed it uh I think you had it on your cinema yeah. cocktail uh, virtual film festival last year. I did. So, yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I was really surprised by that one. So yeah, it's, it's a good one. Oh, uh, and may, may I, may I su- suggest the reason why it's not part of the art house animation bundle. I, I, I came to this conclusion talking with another member of the group mm. in that uh, it seemed those animated films that were added to this month's lineup that are not part of the, that collection were mainly uh, aimed towards children in this case. And I think the art house animation bundle is in, intended more towards an adult audience. Yeah. And so that could be the thing, the why certain films like, like, like this one and, uh, and other ones weren't in that, that big bundle. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good guess as to yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, my second recommendation is Clock Watchers. It's a uh, a '90s indie comedy. Uh, I saw it in its original theatrical run. Um, it's one of those films that has disappeared. Uh, uh, I'm really glad that Criterion has highlighted the fact that it it has kind of vanished. Uh, it it fell victim, I think, to those format shifts that uh, so many films at that time did especially smaller films that just didn't quite have the uh cultural um didn't make the cultural impact that larger films did you know it didn't quite make the transition from vhs to dvd uh and you know it is a very droll very funny very quirky somewhat surreal comedy about office life about being a young adult about trying to find your place uh in the world and uh i think it's a i think it's a really really sharp comedy i'm excited to rewatch it i haven't seen it you know in probably 20 years uh mm-hmm. and uh, i think that whenever criterion is able to bring these films back and uh, bring them back into the conversation i think that it is uh doing a really great service to uh the these periods of time where uh, films again have have often been neglected and uh, and again I think that that there were a lot of uh, women uh, a lot of people of color uh, making films during this time that 
that just didn't get the recognition that they deserved. And so well, I, I was going to say that this. I was going to say the reason why you were saying earlier that was neglected and forgotten is basically because it was a woman director and it had yeah. it was female leads. And yeah. So that that was basically the reason why I think it disappeared. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it uh, one of the leads is, you know, Lisa Kudrow from Friends. Mm -hmm. And I think people were expecting it to be uh, like Friends. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think we have seen that uh, she is an actor who is uh, incredibly smart in her choices uh, post Friends. And she's been doing really great work. And this was uh, showing how uh, how interested she was in in doing things that were. Uh, maybe off the beaten path. And uh, so I think this is one that's definitely worth uh, catching. Oh, yeah. uh, e even if it's not going to be your complete cup of tea, I think it's definitely worth seeing to see how these 90s comedies were being developed at that time. Yeah, uh, may I make another suggestion is that yeah. when you watch it, not to approach it as a comedy, because there there is there's some moments in this is... is rather dark and, yeah. and it's because it because it really delves into you know relationship among workers and there's always you know if you ever worked in an office you know that there's yeah. always a, there's always a lot of uh, underlying tension between between office workers and, and this this film actually uh, goes into that and the director Jill Sprecher even talks about it in this uh, newly recorded uh, interview that she did for the channel so I but I suggest you watch it after you watch the movie and uh, I watched this last week, and this was 20 years, you know, I had, since I had first saw it. Yeah. And, and it brought back some, some memories. In fact, I I had not even marked it as watched on letterboxes. I'd forgotten about it. Yeah. But when yeah. I started watching it, I said, "Oh yeah, oh my God, that's a great vehicle for Parker Posey, you know, yep. and um, yep. and Tony Collette, who was actually mm -hmm. the lead, and this was one. I think it's one of her first big American films. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so uh, with you, I I do recommend uh, people catch yeah. it. It's a great one to catch. Yeah, definitely. What are you excited to see? I mean, you you try to stay current, and so you try to be caught up with most things. Um, so every month you get new things to try to catch. What are what are the things that you're really eager to see this month? Uh, the first one was The Grand Bazaar, the film by Jody, Jody Mack. Came yeah. out a few years ago. Uh, I recall I was uh, I had a uh, a trial subscription to Mubi about a year or so ago. And it was a film that I had started watching. I'd watched maybe the first 15 minutes of it. And I, I said, yeah, I got to get back to this later. So I, I put it aside and then, and then my subscription ran out, you know, and so I'd forgotten all about it. And then thank goodness we've got the, the channel, you know, coming and coming yeah. to my rescue and let me see this film. And uh, I was very excited to watch it. And in fact, you know, since, since uh, beginning of the month, I have watched it. And and I uh, I really enjoyed it and, and 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 recommend it to anyone. In fact, this could also be considered an animation film when you consider stop animation because mm. so much of it is is uh, animated. She's an experimental filmmaker, uh, mainly dealing with short films. I think this is her first feature length film, and it, and even at that, it's only about an hour long. Mm. But uh, it, it's a great. Um, I wouldn't call it documentary as much as uh, kind of like a personal essay. It's all about design, especially as far as fabrics and textures go, and it's taking a worldview, and you, you're seeing these uh, points of view from from different different parts of the world. And I, but I do have a warning for persons who may be uh, susceptible to strobe flashing, mm -hmm. because there's occasionally parts of this film where where she's she's uh, moving these designs, these fabrics pretty fast, and you get the strobe of the strobe effect, which which uh, you know, may affect some people, but yeah, but 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 I but I really enjoyed it, so I recommend that. That's, uh, so I was yeah, looking forward to seeing it. You know, after after missing it from movie. That's great. What else are you excited to catch? I want to see the the new film by Lily Hovat. She's from Hungary. This is on her second uh, feature film. It's called Preparations to Be Together for an Unknown Period of Time. <laughs> Love the title, you know. And, yeah. and so I, I know nothing about the film, and I try try not to. Uh, before I go into the film, I try, I try to be as, as much a blank slate as possible as far as knowing what's going on in it. But uh, this this film only played theatrically in the U.S., you know, six months ago. Mm -hmm. So this is practically, I think, the fastest a film has ever got to the channel from its theatrical uh, 
presentation. So yeah, yeah it's it's so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, I have I've been hearing really great things about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I know one person on Twitter was uh, mentioning that this is her favorite uh, film of the year. And she was really, really excited to say see that it was coming to Criterion Channel. Um, so, yeah, I'm this. This is definitely one that I am really eager to catch as well. Um, so, what about you, Josh? I am really, you know, I'm going to follow the crowd this month, and uh, I am eager to dig into the art house animation and the neo noir bundles this month. Oh yeah, two uh, big bundles there. The there's just so much there. It's hard to know where to begin on any of these bundles because there's just so much there. Whether you're looking at the Svankmar films in the uh, Art House Animation Bundle, uh, both of which uh, I haven't had a chance to see yet, either the Alice or, or Faust, uh, or whether you're looking at some of the animation from different regions of the world. I mean, there's just so much there. I've seen a chunk of the animation that's in there. I've seen things like the wolf house. I've seen some of the other really great pieces within the, the bundle, but there's just a lot there that I haven't seen. And uh, I'm, I'm really eager to, uh, I may not catch everything, but I'm eager to catch a sampling of the, the work there. And uh, it's just, it's, it's all pretty incredible. um, Yeah. uh, Everything that's there. And uh, neo-noir again, I've seen, bits and pieces of uh, films, you know, things like Night Moves, The Long Goodbye, some of the De Palma stuff. Uh, but uh, I love that we have this really incredible overview of this uh, this take on the noir genre that uh, I think is really, really incredible. And so I'm I'm excited to to dig into some of these films and uh, understand the the ways that filmmakers begin to play with noir a little bit more so yeah i'm excited for these it sounds great i've i've saw maybe half of them myself but both of those bundles and i i just i'm just going chronologically hitting the ones yeah. that i've that i've not not watched before and having yeah. a good time uh the That's other night great. i saw uh farewell my lovely which was a remake of murder my sweet uh <laughs> based on is it raymond chandler i'm not sure yeah, but I uh so. yeah uh, philip marlowe his character but uh, really yeah. enjoyed it. And Robert Mitchum, even at this age, I mean, he he was he was hard hitting, you know. It was it, and it, it was just a fun film, you know. But it it yeah. really I, this director was really harking back to the original noir, uh, unlike a lot of the other f- directors who tried to put their own little spins on it, on their films, you know, like the Coen Brothers, uh, and this Farewell My Lovely. It's almost like a, if if you if you turn off the color of your TV and just watch it in black and white, uh, you would think it was being made back in the forties, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, you know, as I always like to say, Criterion giveth and Criterion taketh away. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're losing we're losing some substantial films this month, um, uh, some big ones. And uh, I'm just going to dive right into this. Uh, we're going to be losing most of the directed by Mitchell Lesion bundle. We'll be losing Death Takes a Holiday, Murder at the Vanities, Easy Living, Midnight, Remember the Night, Kitty, to each his own, no man of her own, and darling, how could you? It looks like hands across the table will be remaining on the channel. We're going to be losing a good chunk of the directed by Guy Madden bundle with uh, Archangel, Careful, Dracula, Pages from a Virgin's Diary, Cowards Bend the Knee, The Saddest Music in the World, and The Forbidden Room, all leaving the channel. But uh, most of the shorts... My Winnipeg and the Green Fog will be remaining, it looks like. We'll be losing the most of the Written by Dalton Trumbo bundle with Kitty Foyle, 30 Seconds Over Tokyo, Our Vines Have Tender Grapes, He Ran All the Way, Roman Holiday, The Green-Eyed Blonde, Cowboy, Spartacus, The Last Sunset, and Lonely Are the Brave Leaving. It's possible that Trumbo, the documentary, will be remaining. Uh, That's one that I'm not quite sure of since that's included uh, with this bundle and wasn't highlighted as a separate film. I always like to urge a note of caution about some of those things. Uh, Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in that documentary, you might want to catch it this month. 
Dangerous Men, starring Robert Ryan. Uh, from that bundle, we'll be losing Crossfire, The Setup, On Dangerous Ground, Bad Day at Blackrock, and Odds Against Tomorrow. It looks like Clash by Night and Men in War will still be remaining on the channel. We'll be losing the entire Directed by Mahat Salah Haron bundle with Abuna, A Screening Man, Grigris, A Season in France. Oh, and I'm incorrect. Uh, it looks like Dorat will be remaining on the channel. But that's one I think that you need to be careful about as well because I yeah. think that may be a mistake, but but we'll find out. Yeah. Again, this is this is sometimes those those things don't quite get coded right, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Creative Marriages, Jean-Luc Godard and uh, Anna Karina will be losing Band of Outsiders and Pierrot Le Fou, which is the entire bundle there. Uh, we'll be losing the tribute to Jean-Claude Carrier with Diary of a Chambermaid, The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie, That Obscure Object of Desire. Those will all be leaving the channel. We'll be losing uh, from the Three by Gordon Parks bundle, Solomon Northup's Odyssey. And moments without proper names, but the learning tree will be remaining on the channel. We'll be losing from an actor's actor starring Gina Rollins. We'll be losing Lonelier the Brave, Minnie and Moskowitz, Gloria and Tempest, but Shadows, Faces, Machine Gun McCain, A Woman Under the Influence, Opening Night, and Night on Earth. Those will all be remaining on the channel. Uh, from Lovers on the Run, we'll be losing You Only Live Once, Pierrot Le Fou, The Living End, Sun Don't Shine, and Ain't Them Body Saints, but The Honeymoon Killers and Deep Crimson will be remaining. From the After the War bundle, we'll be losing The Blue Dahlia, The Razor's Edge, The Men, The Man in the Gray Flannel Suit, Lilith, Welcome Home Soldier Boys, and The Last Detail. But the idiot and death dream will still be remaining on the channel. We can't kill death dream. It keeps hanging on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was it's a film that's ha- added part of the uh, 70 har- 70s horror bundle. And yeah. all of those are gone except for this one film. <laughs> they may have, re- I, they may have re- uh, re-licensed it just for this bundle, yeah. Yeah, and it, but it may also... This is one that may also be uh, mistaken and may still may leave with the after the war bundle as well. Also true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The idiot is part of the permanent collection uh, of the Kurosawa Mm -hmm. film. The uh, three by Madeline Anderson uh, bundle with integration report one, a tribute to Malcolm X and I am somebody Uh, that entire bundle will be leaving at the end of the month. The directed by Nina Menkes, that entire bundle will be leaving with The Great Sadness of Zahara, Queen of Diamonds, Phantom Love, and Dissolution. Three starring George Siegel will be losing King Rat and California Split, but The Hot Rock will be remaining. From The Maestro, scores by Ennio Morricone will be losing Wolf. The final film of the Joseph von Sternberg and Marlena Dietrich bundle, uh, The Blue Angel, will be leaving. From the Film Foundation bundle, we'll be losing Queen of Diamonds, How Green Was My Valley, and A Farewell to Arms. From the Saturday matinees, we'll be losing The Last Unicorn and A Story of Children in Film. From the Criterion Collection editions, we'll be losing The Leopard, Girlfriends, and Dance, Girl, Dance. And uh, for individual titles, these are ones that were part of either double features, uh, they were parts of shorts plus features, or maybe they were just uh, released on their own. Uh, We'll be losing Celebration, The Balcony, The Conformist, and Pressure. Pressure was originally listed as a Lena Dunham short, uh, but it has been corrected and is a uh, film by Horace Ove. So do update your own uh, spreadsheets at home if you're okay. playing along at home, uh, everyone. So yeah, that's that's a lot that we're losing. Um, so very few people are going to be able to catch them all. Michael, since you have caught them all, what do you recommend people catch? Uh, and and how do we how do we help people help guide people through everything that's leaving? Okay, uh, the first one is uh, the first pair I'm going to give you here is uh, Mitchell Leeson's two great romantic comedies, uh, Remember the Night and Midnight. I can't recommend those enough. I uh, I just think he's just overlooked. It seemed like uh, 
for decades, you know, I'm not sure if his film, films have been available. It's just that it's just that he's one of those directors that, that people just think about when they think about Hollywood, you know. So, uh, yeah, the first one starring uh, Barbara Stanwyck and Fred McMurray, Remember the Night. I saw it again recently, and there is one particular character that that's kind of troublesome that I'd forgotten about. But these days you watch films through a different lens yeah. And, uh, and and some of the stereotypes uh, are, are pretty harsh, and uh, and it's a film I've always loved. And then watching it now after about ten years, uh, it it put a little, a little it dampened a little my enthusiasm for it. But overall, it's a great film. It's sweet, mm. and it's it's something that that I, I think uh, mo- most of our listeners would love. Um, the other one is Midnight, starring uh, Claudette Colbert and Donna Michi. Another great story. Uh, they're comedies, but they're not screwball, and that's a mistake a lot of people make. In that uh, they think Leeson uh, is more like a, like a Lubitsch or or even the screwball comedies of Howard Hawks, but he's not. He he has a more of a uh, is a, d- a different different. Even though he did do some screwballs like Hands Across the Table, you know, and Easy Living, but mm-hmm. I I I recommend those two films. The other two films are from Guy Madden. One of them is the first one is Dracula, pages from a virgin's diary from mm-hmm. 2002 it's a horror film and it's a dance film mm-hmm. i mean if, if you ever can imagine those two genres coming together this is the film to watch it's and it's it's not like a, a ballet or dance film that you've ever seen before and that in most cases director tries to present the entire stage let's say let's say if, if the performance is like on a stage you'd pull the camera back and you see all the ensemble and you would see like even the pair dancing you'd be, you'd be full body in this case uh, madden chooses to to film in close-ups and he does these these quick edits and so it's just a different kind of dance film than you would ever yeah. expect to see and it's 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 a pretty pretty faithful adaptation of a of, of bram stoker's novel and, yeah and and that's you know um, and of course, and it's performed by the Royal Winnipeg Ballet, you know, Guy Madden's favorite city. But uh, yeah, uh, and you, you'd also find that uh, there's other other situations, like let's say the uh, the main dancer who plays the role of of Dracula is a Chinese dancer actor, mm-hmm. and by 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 casting this particular actor in this role. It emphasizes the parts of Bram Stoker's novel that are more prominent than you'd watch in a in a, in a normal film of the uh, of the story, and that the xenophobia between yep. the newcomer and and the and the the audience uh, with the 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 intruder is more of the other. He's not he's not he's not the suave, sophisticated Dracula. He and everybody recognizes him as being something different, and it's so much more obvious when you've got a a person of a different race playing the part. Yeah. And a lot of times uh, people, they would call this like blind casting, you know, in that you're supposed to see this without seeing the person's uh, race or nationality or ethnic background. In this case, I think Guy Madden wants you to see that. He wants you to see that, that, that this character is not like everyone else, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's and that's, uh, I, I, I only saw it for the first time here on the channel and, and, and it blew me away. And of course, the other one leaving is the fantastic film, *The Forbidden Room*. It was the last, uh, the last feature that he that he has made, basically uh, from 2015. So it's been a long while since we've saw a, a major film from uh, from Guy Madden. It's co-directed by Evan Johnson. Um, and if you like stories within stories within stories, <laughs> and this is this is the film for you. Uh, yeah. If you like your stories finished, if you like conclusions. If you like uh, yeah, everything tied up in a knot, this may not be the film for you. Uh, yeah. e- everything you love about Guide Madden is in this film. Everything that people hate about Guide Madden is in this film. Yeah. And so it's almost like this is this is the ultimate Guide Madden film. So uh, I, I, I have to recommend it because it is uh, probably one of my favorite films of the last 10 years. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. That, uh, you know, I, I have... I spent a little bit of time back when I had Netflix disc working my way through some of Guy Madden's film. So I've seen things like careful. I've seen uh, Dracula pages from a virgin's diary. And yeah, I completely agree with just your, 
your rave of that film. I think it's an incredible work. And uh, I was working uh, at the Seattle International Film Festival when Forbidden Room came out, and it was playing only over one weekend when I was having to work my other job. And mm-hmm. uh, so I didn't get a chance to see that. And so I'm very eager to to catch this uh, before it leaves the channel. That and I'm very, I think it's the the green fog. Uh, yes. I'm very, uh, I know that's that's one that has not been available legally for well, I, a I long saw time. it on a, uh, I got a, a, a code to watch it during some film festival yeah. about yeah. a year or two ago. And so you were right. It was hard to catch. Yep. And so yep. I uh, I got that code and was able to watch it online. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's uh, it's something else. It's it's something even uh, wilder than you would think coming yeah. from the mind of Guy Madden. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, that leads me into one of my recommendations. Uh, I really want to highlight the saddest music in the world. That was the first Guy Madden film I had seen. Uh, I caught it on its opening weekend at one of our little art house theaters and it blew me away. It just being taken into his unique way of seeing the world was just revelatory. And it was like stepping into the past. It was, it was incredible. And I think it is a, an incredibly funny film I, I love the ways in which he plays with film history and uses all of these classic techniques to tell modern mm-hmm. stories. And uh, I just, I find him to be such an invigorating filmmaker. And uh, so uh, if you haven't seen Saddest Music in the World, I do think it's maybe one of his most accessible films. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, th- that may be a really great place for you to start if you haven't uh, begun that journey into his uh, filmography. Definitely catch that. It's got some great performances by, uh, I think, Mark McKinney and Isabella Rossellini. Do do catch that one if you haven't had a chance to see that. Yeah, and if you just want a taste of Guy Madden, if you've never seen any of his films, there's a six-minute short called The Heart of the World. Yep. And yep. it is, uh, I call it a trailer for the greatest film that Sergei <laughs> Eisenstein never made. Yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and we all know that cinema is the heart of the world. So yeah. yes, yeah, that's great, that's great. Uh, you have another one that you want to recommend, isn't that correct? Oh yeah, I forgot. Uh, Amy Simet's film "Sun Don't Shine" is leaving. Mm. We've had it for for a year now, which is unusual uh, for this length of a of a run. I first saw her film. Uh, oh, oh, actually, "Sun Don't Shine" was my first film. It was really her first directorial it was her debut it was from 2012 mm-hmm. and she's only made one film since then which is a shame yeah but uh sun don't shine is about this this functional relationship between these this this couple and it takes place in florida and it has everything in it about florida that you hate that you you know it's just <laughs> the heat she captured so much of the uh, the, the atmosphere you know the, the humidity just and the, the tension that that heat can build up between this couple, it's 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 almost like you you take uh, Badlands and move it to Florida, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, and it stars Caitlin Shield, who is an amazing actress, one of the best yeah. ones working these days. She seems to be uh, Amy Simetz's muse because she she's been mm-hmm. in all of her films. Well, both of her films, the latest one uh, was I think it was on your Cinema Cocktail Virtual Film Festival. That was. She Dies Tomorrow, which came out last yeah. year. And so, yeah, uh, and there's also a, a very nice interview with Simetz on the channel uh, about Sun Don't Shine. Uh, so, yeah, catch, catch that. Yeah, don't don't, That's great. don't let that get away from you. That's great. Yeah, I'm going to definitely try to catch Sun Don't Shine because I love She Dies Tomorrow. So I yeah. think I need to I need to catch uh, this one a lot. Uh, I think it sounds great. I'm going to also just really recommend The Blue Angel to anyone and everyone i think it is there are a few of those foundational films for me uh that were my, parts of my entryway into uh, art house cinema uh this is one of those ones alongside things like knights of kiberia seventh seal seven samurai you know this is one of those films yeah. that just was uh just completely entranced me and uh i think that it's a, a really incredible film and so do catch this film if you have a chance to to see it before the, the ch- it leaves the channel i think it's uh 
uh, an incredible film. And I think that it is uh, von Sternberg uh, just doing amazing work with Dietrich. So I cannot recommend this one highly enough. Yeah, I only saw it for the first time. Uh, this this uh, appearance on the channel kind of pushed me into watching it. I had the, I've had mm-hmm. the Blu-ray from Masters yeah. of Cinema for a couple of years now. So, I, of course, I pulled that off the shelf and watched it in, yeah. pl- in lieu of watching it on the channel. Yeah. I'm still counting it as a channel watch. But, yeah, yeah it's it, it's one of those seminal films, too. It's it's It basically sets the format of, you know, the next 50 years of, of, re- of relationships uh, between uh, older men who are entranced by, you know, by by sex and by, you know, who's the downfall mm-hmm. Of men who, who 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 see women as objects and uh, yeah. perhaps deserve what happens to them in the long run. Yeah. I don't want to give away too much, but yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's a wonderful watch. Yeah, that's great. Uh, this is one of the first times I've uh, when we've been doing these that I've seen you have something you're excited to catch uh, that's leaving. So, what are you excited to catch, Michael? I want to see. Well, I, I want. Whenever you asked me to fill out this list, I, I was excited <laughs> to finally get get to the audio commentary of Bad Day at Black Rock. Oh, I've great. seen this film uh, maybe thirty years ago, you know, yeah. and then uh, I saw it last year when it first it when it reran for the first time on the channel, and then they brought it back. It was only it was only planned for one month. Yeah. And uh, I say, well, in this month, I will watch it again and I will then catch uh, John Sturgis's uh, commentary. And of course, uh, I missed watching it again during that one month. So when it came back, I had to make sure that I watched it. And since since I put this on the list, excited to watch, I can tell you now that I have watched it again. (laughs) (laughs) And with the commentary, uh, this commentary was directed, was, was recorded in 1991 by Criterion, if you can believe it, all the way back, you know, 30 years ago now. Uh, They got John Sturgis, you know, the, uh, the legendary, you know, Hollywood director to sit down and talk for 80 minutes about a film. And it's, it's extraordinary. It is scene specific. In fact, it's, it's like a master class in filmmaking mm. and, and, and you, you sit there and you just, and you're watching, he's telling you every move he's, he's doing every choice and, and the actors and the camera. Uh, it's just something that everyone who's interested in the making of films sh- should listen to. It was recorded shortly before his death. And so it's, it's, it's things like this when you think about the value of yeah. what Criterion has done yeah. for film and the history of film, being yeah. able to, to, to get this director to sit down, watch his film, and tell you how he did it. That's great. You know? And the yeah. film itself is great. If you've not seen the film, even if you don't want to listen to the commentary, of course, I do advise you to watch the film first. <laughs> but uh, watch the film before you listen to the commentary. It's kind of a mix between Westerns and noir, mm-hmm. but it, I don't call it a film noir. I call it a film soleil because it takes place mm-hmm. in the in, in, yeah. in full daylight most of the yeah. film there is a climactic scene near the end where it takes place at night but other than that you you get the sun and the heat of the of the i think it was filmed in death valley or somewhere out in the desert of california but yeah it's it's uh it was it's a great experience just listening to john sturges talk about making his film that's great that's great yeah you know i am uh i'm really excited to try to catch the mahat Harun bundle he has a new film at Cannes this year that's getting really great reviews right now. And uh, I know uh, Spike Lee is the jury president and he has been uh, expressing his admiration for the film. So uh, I think it'd be really, uh, I think I'm, I'm really curious to try to catch up on uh, Harun's work and to, to dig into to his uh, filmography a little bit uh, before his new one starts to make the rounds. You know, as I try to dig into more African cinema, I think that uh, this one, uh, this filmmaker just seems like uh, someone to really uh, dig into more and yeah. more. Uh, yeah, I, I think you won't be disappointed. I think uh, I, I enjoyed all of the films that's in that particular collection. That's great. You could see his transition, uh, actually his growth, starting with his films recorded uh, well filmed in Africa and then going mm-hmm. to the last film, which was actually a French production set in Paris. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, I would recommend that. That's great. And then I'm I'm very curious about the Nina Menkes films. As I was filling out uh, the the information for the show notes, 
Bates and kept coming up on, on her works. They just all seemed really fascinating, uh, really interesting, and none of them are available anywhere else. So uh, none of the shorts, none of the features. Uh, this is this is the only place to see her films um, yeah. right now. And so I uh, I think that um, you know it's just there are, are some of those films where there's only one opportunity to catch them, right. and that's on the Criterion Channel. And I think that uh, she's somebody that I'll probably dig into a little bit this month. Yeah, I was surprised to see them on the list because they tend to want to try to keep female directors on mm-hmm. on board, keep their films longer. And uh, so I was surprised to see her films leaving, especially since they're almost unavailable anywhere else. Yeah. But uh, I think what you'll find about her is that she's a very, uh, let's say, experimental in a way. Yeah. In that the, the, uh, how she's working with narrative isn't what mm-hmm. you would expect. Um, yeah, I, I think you'll, 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 you'll find her work very interesting. That's great. That's really great. Well, Michael... Those are the Criterion Channel's new and expiring titles for the month of July. We did it. We made yep. it through. Yeah, great month. <laughs> uh, what do you have to recommend to our listeners for anything that is uh, not currently streaming on the channel? Uh, I chose a film that is streaming on Canopy. I just discovered last month, whenever you, you were doing your uh, your Cinema Cocktail virtual film festival, that my library in my county actually signed up for Canopy. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, I only get five films a month. Yeah. So I made sure that I could watch both films, uh, I think, during May and June of your festival. Yeah. So I was able to watch both of those. And then uh, at the end of June, I was able to see uh, one last film. And that was, I chose a, a film called Concrete Night. It's a film from Finland I had not heard anything about, mm-hmm. except I watched uh, our friend uh, Mark Cousins' documentary, <laughs> Women Make Film. Yeah. And he highlighted this film several times throughout the, uh, I think he showed two or three clips from it uh, in different sections of different different chapters of his documentary. So, and it looked fascinating. So I, when I saw it on the list, I had one film to go on Canopy. I watched it and I was just blown away. I, I just, I just mm-hmm. think uh, the story, how she tells it, the acting, the cinematography, it's just a fascinating film. Uh, it's, a, it's almost like a, a coming of age film. In, in a way, in, in that it focuses on one character, a, a young young teenager, his relationship with his family. It's filmed mostly in black and white. There's certain scenes that are filmed on very uh, desaturation desaturation of colors, yeah. where it's almost no colors at all. But if you look close, you can see certain certain things kind of coming through. But uh, directed by, I think her name is pronounced Piergio Hancasalo. That's it. If you've got Canopy, or it may be showing on other other services, I'm not sure. It, I think it was it was nominated as Finland's entry into the best foreign language film mm. uh, for the Academy Awards in 2013, but didn't make the the, the, the short list. But but catch That's that great. if you can. That's great. I'll have to add that to my my Canopy queue, which keeps growing by the day. Yeah. Uh, but that one looks great. That sounds yeah. really great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. one one you know good things I found about women make film the documentary that it is bringing to light some of the films I'd never heard of and some of the film directors from around the world. You know, it, even even if occasionally some of those films are hard to get, this happened to be one that uh, I was able to catch. That's great. I uh, a few days ago watched uh, No Sudden Move, which is the latest Steven Soderbergh film on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has entered into a long-term deal with Warner Media to produce films for Warner Brothers, whether it's uh, for theatrical release or for HBO or for HBO Max. And he's talked about how he really appreciates the the different avenues for distribution. And so I really appreciate his uh, format agnosticism. Uh, mm-hmm. And as someone who is still unable to attend to go to movie theaters. Uh, I really want to support people who are trying to explore different ways and different avenues of telling stories and getting your stories out there because uh, I think it, it makes things more accessible uh, right now, especially as as things are continuing to open up. They're not opening up for everybody. Uh, you know, uh, not everybody is uh, is able to uh, to leave the quarantine as uh, things are opening up more widely. And so I really, really enjoyed No Sudden Move. I think the more I think about it, the more I really appreciate it. It's gotten some kind of lukewarm or uh, 
positive to mixed reviews. But the more I've sat and thought about it, the more I've really appreciated just his continuing brutal cynicism on the American dream and the ways that people uh, attempt to carve out their pieces of the American dream and and how that uh, how the 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 deck is so stacked against uh, us and how uh, we are we are sold this this dream and yet uh, uh, the you know it is it is really still so stacked in favor of the rich the wealthy and uh, the con is actually believing that we can somehow try to trick or cheat or lie or steal our way into uh, another class um, yes it's a little convoluted but i also feel like that that all is a part of the things that he's trying to explore that the more the more convoluted it gets uh, you know we 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 often try to try to find our way to the top we try to to make all these plans and make all of these different approaches to uh to getting that dream and uh i just i i think that that this is maybe one of his most cynical most um i don't know maybe maybe one of his darker darker films yeah. uh, and uh, i really appreciated it well that's you know he's been doing that for more than 30 years and i think people uh, always tried to put him in these slots where he makes like a an indie type film then he yep. makes like the big budget hollywood film but when you look and you look back on it uh, they're basically steven soderbergh films you know yep. and he does have this aesthetic yep. that seems to to go from from film to film and he, yep. he's not this kind of uh flighty person who, who who changes uh yeah on a whim but but you're right uh his films do have this this dark cynicism that sometimes shine through you know uh, for instance, last year the film he made, "Let Them All Talk," it, it didn't get good reviews, but 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 I enjoyed it. And then it, oh, and, and the Laundromat, another recent film, which I thought uh, was was very well made and really uh, a breakdown of of what's happening between uh, in the uh, the wealthy and you know the just the uh, capitalist system that we're living under. Yeah, yeah. No, I did thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy all of that. Um, yeah, and I, I've. I'm a big fan of Soderbergh, so uh, yeah. I know he isn't for everyone. But uh, if you if you enjoy Soderbergh, you know uh, I think that's part of the the joy of what Soderbergh does is he keeps throwing stuff out there, and uh, you know he'll make two or three films a year, yeah. and uh, and you can see you know I think this was one of the first films made during the pandemic, and, and you can tell uh, that as you're watching it that there's. I you know I think so. it was one of the first films made with all the COVID protocols and okay uh, you know so he is you know he's making this kind of at at the beginning of this trying to figure out how do we also restart the industry uh, yeah I enjoyed it I enjoyed it quite a bit I think it's one that will probably continue to grow on me um, like a lot of his films that are maybe less successful at the beginning right. uh, as I think about them more and as I watch them. Uh, revisit them a second or third time uh, i tend to tend to enjoy them more and more and uh yeah i tend to i also really enjoy the ways that uh, he explores how money tends to come between people yeah. uh as well so yeah i'm looking here on metacritic and it's got a 77 out of 100 and that's that's pretty favorable reviews yeah, yeah it's uh, not bad overall yeah 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 all right well michael thank you for joining me today this has been a lot of fun oh yeah it has been yeah it's been a great time thanks for having me josh i always enjoy these conversations i always enjoy getting to to talk movies with you my friend yeah and same here anytime yeah. uh where can people find you online i am uh, on letterbox just look for michael hutchins i got a lot of a lot of lists on there of varying qualities i think they're all pretty good <laughs> <laughs> But there's a lot of them, especially having to do with Criterion and, and the channel itself. Uh, I'm in the Criterion Channel Club Facebook group as well as Criterion Now Facebook group. Uh, so if you can find me, I pop up there every now and then. You know, some interesting interesting uh, posts, maybe maybe more than I should. Every, but <laughs> but they, they, people tend to like them, so I'll, I'll stick with them every now and then. That's great. That's great. Thanks again. This has been fun. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. You can find Criterion Channel Surfing at CriterionCast.com and our website CinemaCocktail.com 
And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching for Criterion Channel Surfing. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us in the Criterion Channel Club Facebook group or send us a message at criterionchannelsurfing at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Josh Hornbeck. Our logo was designed by Doug McCambridge of the Good Times Great Movies podcast. You can see more of his design work at dpmdesigns.com. Criterion Channel Surfing is a proud member of Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com and support the work of Criterion Cast at patreon.com slash CriterionCast. Criterion Channel Surfing is listener supported, so please consider donating to the show at patreon.com slash Josh Hornbeck. For just $5 a month, you get early access to all regular and bonus episodes of the show. And for $10 a month, you'll have the chance to give my guest and I a film to discuss in a special Patreon-only bonus episode. I'd like to continue thanking all of our regular Patreon supporters. Your support really does mean so much, so thank you so much for continuing to support the show. On the next episode of Criterion Channel Surfing, my guest and I will sit down to discuss August's new and expiring titles. I hope you'll join us. Thanks for listening. Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com.